T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. 97.1 FM Talk. This is Wiggins America. Joe Lupino Esposito from Pacific Legal is on the phone with us. And I love Pacific Legal, Joe. So I wanted to have you on to talk about this topic because it really struck my interest. And I think it will a lot of people. When I see that the Department of Education is possibly purposely withholding congressionally designated money from charter schools, I get instantly angry. Talk me off the ledge or tell me that I should be angry about it. Well, I think you definitely should be angry about it. Yeah, that's exactly right. What they are doing is, you know, there's a law that's on the books. It's the charter school program. It's been on the books since 1994. It was passed under then-President Bill Clinton. It was then strengthened in 2015 under then-President Barack Obama. And this uh, Department of Education has come out and said, we have a new rule that has higher requirements for actually getting this funding out of the department, which it's not authorized to do. And that's really what we're suing about and what we're really pushing Congress to, to push up against. So, Joe, explain this to me, because it sounds to me like what you've just explained is something that has been up until now bipartisan. Is that right? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's been a very bipartisan uh, piece of legislation and really not a lot of questions about it. Uh, you know, in the 90s, Bill Clinton touted it as a big success, adding a lot of charter schools thanks to their help. So yeah, it's never really been a partisan issue. So why now do you think that it looks like it is a partisan issue? Why have they taken exception and, and are doing something that is illegal in withholding these funds? You know, it's very interesting. Yeah, on the campaign trail, Joe Biden said he's you know not a fan of charter schools, sort of the typical excuses that they, they take away from you know the regular public schools. But it's just the very funny part, because obviously they are also public schools. And, you know, they're doing things that a lot of uh, students and, and families want them to be doing, which is offering alternatives of public education in a lot of areas that are in desperate need of it. So we saw during COVID that, and it's this isn't even it's, it wasn't talked about a lot, but it's not um, it's not like dark web stuff. This is stuff that's been proven that the Department of Education or the teachers unions were working with the CDC to make sure that they said, "Here are the guidelines we want to be put out nationwide." Is that? something that may be going on here where the teachers union is talking to the department of education and saying, Hey, we don't like charter schools. So do this for us. You know, we haven't found anything. We haven't found anything specific on that. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of, there's, there's something to be said about that. And the fact that particularly now it's interesting, like you're saying post COVID where a lot of families have decided they want to have some alternatives to your standard school. Um, it's a very strange time to be wanting to pull that back. And like you said, again, particularly when it's a bipartisan issue, or at least has been for so many years, it's not exactly good timing. Yeah. Joe Lupino Esposito from Pacific Legal is on the phone with us this morning talking about this Department of Education uh, withholding money from charter schools all of a sudden or in this administration. I think what we're hitting on here is bigger than just this issue, which is why I think what you're doing in your lawsuit are important. It's that we have a, a pretty big, uh, deep state, if you want to call it that, or administrative state 
that seems to be able to control a lot of things. And then it, we have to play catch up by by doing what you're doing, you know, uh, saying, hey, this is wrong. And then you have to file a lawsuit and then it takes time. But by the time you get through all of that, they've already accomplished half of what they've wanted to do. Right. And, you know, it is a recurring theme for us. Uh, and I think for a lot of other groups as well, they're doing this. Um, you know, I, this is another great example of how the administrative state works in sort of mysterious ways. Um, this is one where, you know, there's a required notice and comment period. They made it particularly short the first time around. They got thousands of comments asking to extend it, and they extended it a whole seven days. So they still only came in at 35 days, which is far less than it normally is. Um, they sort of spoke out of turn uh, and, and were commenting on the notice and comment period and what they wanted to clarify and really try to clean things up and try to influence the process. So the whole time has been very strange how they've operated on this particular rule. I think because they knew they would get well over 20,000 comments saying, this is not something we want you to do. Mm. Joe, you're in the legal world, and so you probably have a little bit more of an understanding of these things than I do. But I, I've, I've seen here and there cases that may be working their way to Supreme Court. Maybe they're already there. That's what I don't know. About this issue, broader issue, of the administrative state of how much power do these regulatory authorities have where do we stand on some of that do you know anything about maybe other cases that might speak to that same issue oh absolutely i mean obviously we saw a lot about uh, the west virginia versus epa case that just uh, came down in the last term but sort of you know it's not a direct follow-on but in the same theme it's actually a case we're bringing uh this october it's the first case of the term uh next next monday um, the Sackett versus EPA case, and if anybody is a court watcher, it'll sound familiar because we also had this same titled case 11 years ago. Um, this is a family that's trying to build a home in Idaho. Uh, the EPA has determined that under the Clean Water Act, there are uh, navigable waters, essentially, that are going through their property, which, to, to make a sh- long story short, there's not. Um, and uh, the first time we were challenging because the EPA uh, said that they had the ability to simply fine our clients uh, without any judicial review whatsoever. It was a fine of $75,000 a day. Um, the Supreme Court came back 9-0 in 2012 and said, that's ridiculous. They obviously can appeal this. So we did, and we went through the review, and now we're back on the merits to talk about what power EPA has under the Clean Water Act to determine uh, what is actually navigable water. So are these things that then would, you know, depending on how the they're ruled, would they affect other cases if they're one way or the other? Absolutely. I, I think what we'll see here, uh, at least what we're hoping to see here, is a definition from the Supreme Court to say what's within the bounds of certain acts. And, you know, this will be specific to the Clean Water Act, but I think it will send the message, uh, which I think will be clear to a lot of other departments as well, is that you cannot just keep going outside the bounds of what Congress has allowed you to do and make these definitions uh, regarding what pollutants are or what the type of water is or whatever the case may be. And there's analogies to every department in the, in the federal government. Yeah, these, these cases to me are ones that they're, they're not necessarily marquee cases, but they're ones that impact so much of the way that we live and the way our country operates that it's one of the reasons I like having you on and Pacific Legal guests on is because I think you guys are doing great work. So Thanks for that. Last question before we run out of time here, Joe. Do you find, is this even something you can speak to, that this administration has really politicized more things than other administrations previous have? 
You know, I, I, it seems like they have, and particularly, like you mentioned, the way they've handled the administrative state, this idea that because even when their party is in power, they can't get things done legislatively, they're going to do it through, you know, the, the, the pen and the phone story that we've heard from, from President Obama at the time, right? So they've been pressing ahead on this idea that they have the power to do more than they actually can. And whether the courts shoot them down or in this case we're asking for the courts and for Congress to come back and say, we don't approve of this rule through a Congressional uh, Review Act resolution. So there are ways for, for people to fight back on this, but you're absolutely right. They are going beyond the bounds of their power. And really, not so much on the political end we're concerned, it's on the constitutional end and what they're violating there. Joe Lupino Esposito from Pacific Legal, thank you for your time. First of all, do you want anybody to, uh, if, if they want to follow up and find out more about this stuff, do you want them to contact you, and how do they do that? Yeah, yeah, you can reach out to us at pacificlegal.org, and uh, you can find us there with our legal policy folks working on the Hill and, and legislatures, and then all of our attorneys are, are happy to, to, to talk to folks and see what cases there might be out there regarding this type of issue or, or any other ones. Sounds good. Joe, thank you so much for your time this morning. And this is Wiggins America. We will get back to more of the, uh, I guess, kind of a review of the year since this is about the one-year anniversary. When we return, Wiggins America. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 